Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey, this is Lisa, and I have a returning guest today. You may remember I had this guest on back in March. It was when I was attending AllCon. I got a chance to sit down and talk with Christopher R. Mim, and he is back today. Say hi. Hi. Hey. (laughs) So uh, today, you know, it's a little different. Uh, We're not discussing uh, your favorite movie. We're actually discussing your movies as we did last time, so I'm excited about that, uh, specifically about an upcoming event. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. On August 26th, 2018, <laughs> okay. I'm going to be returning to the Richardson uh, Draft House, Alamo Draft House, to do a double feature of my films The Giant Spider and Where Skeeto Nazi Hunter. And this is actually a charity event uh, that is set up to benefit Stop the Stigma, based in North <laughs> Texas. That focuses on trying to eradicate the stigma society places on mental health. That's awesome. How did, how did you end up getting teamed up with this charity for this particular event? Uh, it was sort of through doing a lot of events in the DFW area, which is really kind of cool because I live in Minneapolis. But uh, I've done, I, I'm often doing a lot of events down there just through. You know, uh, you've had a, a guest on your show a few times by a man <laughs> named Michael Cross. Yes. Uh, uh, locals there know him as the guy who cosplays Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he found my movies at, uh, I think it was the Texas Frightmare event in 2015. Uh, and he contacted me about how much he liked them. And we kind of became friends. And, and Michael's a guy who sort of knows people who know people. Uh, and he's gotten me into a bunch of really cool places, including the Alamo Draft House. But through my uh, different uh, adventures down in the DFW area, I ran into these Stop the Stigma folks. Uh, and they're really, really great. They're really nice. And I think their organization is awesome. I mean, what they're, what they're trying to do is, is important. Yeah, and so of course. Uh, I ended up uh, attending uh, one or two of their events down there that were uh, really fun and I just ran by the ran them by the idea of, and we discussed this at this event about doing more events together, where I would maybe throw an event like this, and and we'd we'd sort of co-produce it, shall we say? Uh, and this one just came together, and uh, we've been trying to get it together for a while. We actually had a, a July date even at one point, and that got pushed back. But uh, this is really cool, you know, with school starting up and and stuff. It's it's something fun to do on a on a Sunday. Uh, you know, and it's it's Texas. It's nice and hot this time of year. So <laughs> it is. It's a it's a great excuse to go hang out at w- the coolest movie theaters in the world, in the air conditioning, and support a good cause. Yeah, they're cool on on 
multiple levels. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's funny that you say you come down to Dallas a lot. Dallas does have a really interesting and and really diverse uh, film scene. Like as I've kind of started doing this podcast and interviewing various people in the in the scene, there's just so many different cool events that happen all the time and. You know, I think there's just a lot of movie lovers down here, you know, with the Texas theater and then, of course, with Alamo. Um, there's just something almost every weekend that's just film focused. And so it, it, it actually, is, yeah. yeah, like does not surprise me that they found you and got really exi- excited about what you're doing. Um, So you're you're doing a double feature, as you mentioned. It's yep. um, uh, the first one is Giant Spider and then yep. Where Skeeto Nazi Hunter. Skeeto Nazi Hunter, which is just as ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> so for our listeners out there, if they haven't heard your episode that we did earlier in March, and by the way, if you haven't, please go back and listen to that one. It is so fun. Um, will you explain a little bit about your films, about the Mimiverse, and sure. a little bit about these two in particular? Sure. So back in 2006, I started making movies, and the first movie I made was called The Monster of Phantom Lake, uh, which was a tribute to the cheesy monster movies of the 1950s because I'm a huge fan of those. But also uh, I started doing it as a, a tribute to my late father uh, who loved these kind of movies and it was something we bonded over uh, because of him. Uh, and so I made my first movie as a tribute to him, but also just to these fun, low budget, cheesy monster movies. Uh, and that first movie, the monster Phantom Lake did so well that I decided to make another one. Uh, and then I kind of ended up on this path where I can't seem to stop. Uh, and so every, every year I release a, a new movie, um, and I have done it now for 13 years straight. Uh, in fact, this is a perfect, perfect segue to talk about the fact that I have another movie coming out just in a month called guns of the apocalypse, which that. is my post-apocalyptic spaghetti Western. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. I actually just released the trailer, so people can go check it out on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, and actually, again, a good opportunity to mention that the premiere is in September, September 26th, up here in Minneapolis. But two days later, I'll again be at the Alamo Drafthouse in Richardson to show the Texas. Uh, so the Texas premiere of it. So realistically, it's like I do the premiere here, and then two days later, I'm I'm back down there showing it there just because... You know, uh, the folks down there have always been very good to me, and I really, I, I like, I like the the area a lot. Uh, it's also nice to get away from here, go down there, do some stuff. You know, it's it's like the second home. I'm there enough. I should probably just have a, a room somewhere that I rent uh, totally. to save money on hotels. <laughs> but so we're doing this thing on the 26th of August. Uh, it's not the September 26th Gun of, Guns of the Apocalypse World Premiere. It's the October. August 26th, double feature at the Draft House. Uh, now, The Giant Spider is actually movie number eight, and I don't probably need to go into much about what it's about, uh, <laughs> because generally, if you can't figure it out, I probably can't help you. Uh, <laughs> it's a Giant Spider movie. Um, it's considered by most uh, to be probably my best movie, or at least the most accessible to everybody, I think, is the way to look at it. Um it still continues to be one of my most popular. Uh, and it's just funny and fun and ridiculous and over the top. And uh, it's, it's you know, it's only 70 minutes long. It's really fun. And a lot of people really like it. Uh, and then Where Skeeto Nazi Hunter was actually the uh, 
11th film I released. I'm, I'm getting lost now. There's so many, I guess. Uh, so it's a movie eight, movie 11. Uh, Where Skeeter and Ozzy Hunter is very much, um, is, is a darker film. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a revenge tale that involves a, an American soldier who was captured by the Nazis and they experimented on him and turned him into this Wereskito, uh, which is like kind of a werewolf, but as a mosquito man who, uh, when he sees blood, he turns into the uh, Wereskito. So the whole story revolves around he escapes from the Nazis and then spends the, basically the rest of uh, his time hunting down the people who created him. So it's a lot darker uh, Giant Spider is very lighthearted and ridiculous and fun. Uh, Whereas, you know, I'm not saying it's not fun, but it's just it's a, it's a lot darker um, and tonally different. And I did that on purpose, um, partially because my good friend Michael Cross, who I mentioned before, uh, requested I, I'd asked him what he thought, and those are his two favorites, I believe. Oh, uh, I didn't but then know that. <laughs> I think they at, le- at least I know where Skeeto is one of his favorites. Uh, and you know, Giant Spider, if you hit, I always tell people. When I'm at an event and I'm, you know, selling my movies uh, and they're thinking of picking things up, you know, they're like, because now there's there's 13 titles plus the uh, monster fan, like the musical we did a couple of years ago. Uh, and, you know, it can be daunting. So people ask me, what should I get? If I'm going to get one, what do I get? And I always say the giant spider, because mm-hmm. that's the one where I, I try to hook people in. And yeah. from there, you can kind of delve deeper into the catalog, into some of the the good ones and some of the. Not quite as good ones, <laughs> but I never tell people what those are. I say you got to watch them all and figure it out for yourself because my movies, even though they're all sort of in that same cheesy 50s style, um, they are all unique in their own way. I try to at least make different movies with each film. I don't want to just make the same monster movie over and over again. The Giant Spider is sort of, I think of it as my big budget picture. Right, it's the one where I really went all out, and we did all these locations, and it's just a bigger film in scope. Where Skeeto is actually, like I said, it's a little darker, a little more serious, believe it or not, uh, and it's a smaller film, and that's that's on purpose. It, it deals with the character and him having to deal with what happened to him and what he's become, and all these other things. Uh, but then, you know, you have, my movies run the gamut as far as styles and and stuff. They're all just within that same, you know, 50s, 60s drive-in cinema thing. Kind of wanted to touch on a couple of movies. I'm not going to go into too many spoilers because I want you guys out there that are listening, that are local to Dallas to come out to see these movies um, at Alamo Drafthouse. Incidentally, Richardson is my favorite location, I guess because it's the first one here in Dallas. But I love that location so much and I'm really excited to go. I think... I know you've had several events and I think this is the first one that I finally get to go to. Like every time you've been down here, something has been going on that weekend where I couldn't go. So I'm so pumped. And the pictures alone, guys out there, if you haven't seen them, like, I don't think you're, I think you're underselling it. Honestly, Christopher, like these are huge. So many people come to them. They come dressed up from your movies and the, I mean, it just looks like a total blast. I mean, every time I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm not there. So I'm really excited about it. <laughs> well, and we've, we've really built, and this is this is one of the big reasons why I'm, I'm sort of always back in the area too, is that uh, with it, each one, and this is where it really took off, is that I've done a lot of local conventions. You know, I was at Allcon and Infinicon when it was going on. It didn't happen this year, but I, I hope it comes back. Uh, you know, I've done several events, but it was really the, the draft house that I think really helped build the sort of local fan base, right? Uh, in that we did, 
I think the first one we showed was the giant spider and, and Michael Cross. I got to bring him up again just because he, <laughs> he is the guy behind the guy. Um, He's a regular you know, on here. <laughs> he, yeah. And he, he, he very much helped get a lot of people out to check it out. And, you know, at first it was just like he was kind of begging and pleading, come check out this guy's movies. You'll like him. Uh, and then they saw the giant spider. And from there, then you had people telling people, telling people. And you can see uh, we've had a photo taken. Mm-hmm. From each screening we've done at the draft house, like a group photo after the after the film, because I'm always there selling DVDs and posters and stuff after the fact, and and we've had a, a photo taken, and you can actually see the crowd getting bigger and bigger. Seriously, time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last time we did it, um, I think we sold it out or became yeah. really 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 close uh, to the point where it was like when we first did it, we got maybe. 30 people uh and now we're at the point where we're selling it out and this one in particular this event not only is it for a really cool cause of which you can check out stop the stigma stop the stigma uh, on on the internet and learn more about you know what they're about you can find them on facebook and and stuff but um this one in particular, it is a charity screening. So we're going to be doing some some fun stuff where we're going to I think I'm going to be providing some uh, props from uh, the movies nice. uh, that people can bid on, and that that's going to go to the Stop the Stigma folks. Uh, and I believe uh, if we worked it out right, and I, I just I want to make sure I'm right, but the Draft House is basically giving everything they get to Stop the Stigma, uh, and it's one of those shows where you can pick how much you want to pay to get in. Oh, okay, I was going to ask that question too. I know yeah, the tickets I, aren't up yet um, right. as of whatever today's date is what's today the 13th the 13th okay as of today the 13th the tickets aren't up yet but they should be up really soon and very very soon yeah and 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 typically your showings are like you said either pay as you go or five dollars and usually that goes back as a credit onto your right yeah yeah. usually it's the it's the five dollar thing where uh you give us five bucks and then you kick five bucks off whatever food you eat uh, so it ends up just being a $5 coupon. So if you just plan there to go and have a beer or something, you're good. Uh, but this one, it's it's going to be where you can literally, you can give a dollar, you can give 30 bucks, you can give 100 bucks. It's up to you to decide how much you want to give to stop the stigma and that's it. And then, you know, you get food and, and uh, I'll be selling stuff, but then also we'll have... Um, as far as I know, uh, unless something has changed, but I don't see why, uh, the Stop the Stigma folks will be there. Uh, and they have, they do stuff with the Texas Frightmare event, uh, which is a great convention for locals, uh, great horror con. Uh, they do stuff with that. And they, at Texas Frightmare, have um, a bunch of stuff that they uh, had a silent auction on. Uh, and I believe that they're going to bring some of the sort of leftovers from that for people to uh, to bid on and, and nice. get some cool stuff for real cheap. Um, but then again, like I said, I'll be bringing some some rare stuff. Some I'm going to dig around and see if I can come up with something really cool that uh, you know someone might want to donate their their money to. Um, so it's going to be cool. I mean, it's going to be fun and and it's a double feature. And neither film is particularly long. That's the thing. When I was talking to the draft house about it, I was like, okay. When you take the length of the giant spider and the where's and where's Keto together, it's still only about as long as the last Jedi, you know, the gotcha. two together. So if you can sit through uh, a, a modern Star Wars film 
there's a good chance you can sit through my films and you'll probably get even a nice little, you know, bathroom break in between. So it'll be, it'll be cool. That's awesome. No, yeah, I, I'm super excited. I think actually that's, that's perfect. Like you're saying, I think the timing is perfect and, uh, and people are just going to have a blast. It's going to basically be a big party. So right. I'm really pumped. And it's, for that. it's, and it's a good way if you're, if you've all, if, 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 if anyone has been at all interested in maybe checking out my stuff, uh, just going to see even just the first one, the giant spider at the draft house. I mean, I agree with you. The Richardson draft house is by far the coolest one I've ever been to. I've been to many, uh, and that's my favorite. It really is. It's kind of my, it is my first ever. So I think there is some, yeah, sort same of here. About <laughs> it. uh, but it's just, there's something great there's about a vibe. it. vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The culture I, there. Yeah. And they've been really great to me. I mean, they really have. And I, I love the people there. And they've always been so cool and supportive. And uh, for, you know, an independent filmmaker to find a movie theater that's just always willing to, you know, show my stuff and, and help me out and let me do screenings is, is great. Uh, even just the rules of, you know, cell phone usage and stuff like that. Oh, for where sure. Where you can tell they're very much focused on making sure people have a quality experience going to the movies. Uh that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like to go to the movies. And usually when you ask people why, uh, it always comes down to, oh, people are so rude or I just can't stand, you know, you're watching a movie and someone's on their cell phone or people are talking or whatever. You can't do that at the draft house where they kick you out. <laughs> exactly. And one so, morning. <laughs> right. And so it's, it's, a, it's like if, if that is the thing that keeps you from going to the movies, and I always encourage people to go to the movies. Going to the movies is a very, you know, unique experience that we don't want to lose as a culture. I really, I really don't want to, uh, because watching a movie at home is not the same as watching it with a room full of people. Mm -hmm. It's an experience uh, for sure. It yeah. is. That's why and I like this 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 event that we're talking about because it's a, it's a double feature. I mean, it's like the ultimate, you know, callback to an earlier time when I think right. movies were more front and center. And I think a lot of us that didn't necessarily grow up in the age of the double feature like myself, uh, it's kind of like we crave that, you know? I remember when yeah. that uh, Tarantino movie, Gr uh, The Grindhouse, came out with right. uh, Death Proof and uh, something of terror. Yeah, Blanche. Um, and and it was like, oh, this is exciting because I wasn't alive in the 70s. So, it's you know, that was fun for me. And so whenever uh, a movie theater does something like this, it's kind of it's really cool for for movie nerds because we're like, oh, yay, I get to I get to do that. Or for, you know, everybody else, they're like, well, I'm reliving that. So. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I don't want the experience of going to a movie theater to go away. And I, I feel like companies like. Alamo, uh, Texas theater as well. You know, they're, they're the kind of places that they focus on that, on, on getting people back into the theater. So, yeah. Well, and I should say, uh, this is, I mean, one of the things I like want to recreate, uh, with my particular brand of movies, uh, is the sort of retro movie going experience. And so being able to do a, what is essence, in essence, a Sunday matinee, uh, it starts at, you know, four o'clock, uh, Sunday matinee, double feature of cheesy monster movies. Uh, that is perfect. That's exactly the kind of thing I want to reintroduce the idea. Cause they used to do that a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is, is, and, and this is a perfect opportunity to plug another event I have coming up <laughs> at that same Alamo draft house on October 7th. Uh, we're doing, going to be doing a, 
what we're calling a very special Halloween audience participation screening of my film, House of Ghosts. Nice. Now, House of Ghosts was uh, the f- movie number seven. It was the one that came out before The Giant Spider. Uh, and it's my tribute to the films of William Castle. Uh, people don't really know who William Castle is. Quick primer. Uh, he was a filmmaker from the 50s and 60s, uh, and he made movies like The Tingler uh, and uh, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, and his whole shtick was that all his movies had gimmicks associated with them. Where, you know, for instance, The Tingler, uh, they would basically add wire seats to joy buzz people during the movie to get them to scream. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it was like these, it was sort of a, a 4d experience before anyone ever came up with that term. Uh, and he was the master of sort of like gimmicky schlock. And so I made this movie house, uh, house of ghosts, which is my tribute to his films. And for, uh, for years when we did the world premiere, we did a bunch of all these ridiculous things to make it more of an experience of, than just going to a movie. It was more like a William Castle-esque experience. So we're going to be recreating that uh, at the Richardson Draft House on October 7th, uh, which is a Sunday again. Uh, And it's going to be really fun. And the, and the, 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 there's this thing with the movie, which is that uh, the movie uses techniques uh, that, you know, might cause people to die of fright while watching it. Right. Uh, and so the whole thing is that uh, you you might die when you see it, okay. And so you attend at your own risk. And it says gotcha. right there. Uh, I said I I always put attendees run a significant risk of being frightened to death. Attend at your own. <laughs> Amazing. So That's we're a gonna, guarantee to get me there. <laughs> right. And so we're gonna have you know a doctor and a nurse there to make sure check people out, make sure they're okay to attend. Uh, they'll have to sign a waiver. You know the whole business to oh make gosh, sure that they so survive. <laughs> so this is and again this is like that sort of. This is that retro experience that you you don't get anymore. Well, I want to dive a little segue a little bit into the two movies at the at, on the, at the August twenty sixth showing real quick. Sure. Um, so again, Giant Spider and Where Skeeto. I've seen both of these films. Um, if you are local, please come to the event. But if you're not local, you can still watch these movies. Yes. You can either buy a copy through uh, Christopher Armin's website, right? Is that Which correct? Gets you, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Or or you can buy them through Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. And it should be yeah. noted that that the DVDs I have um, are loaded with extras that you can only get there. Uh, and I do also sell Blu-ray copies. Uh, that I do a thing where uh, the Blu-rays are not quite as in demand, uh, so I do one-off Blu-rays of just the film. Uh, so you can just get the HD version of it because they are available in HD. But then you can buy them and it'll come with the DVD that has all the special features on it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And if you're just starting out, you're kind of looking for a, a jumping point. Uh, Giant Spider is a perfect place to start, like you mentioned. And if you're looking to kind of test the waters before you buy a DVD, you can also watch them on Amazon Prime as well. Yes. So and um, I encourage people to do so. Um, there's, It's very little commitment. If you hate it, I would prefer if you not go on Amazon and tell everyone how much you hate it. Uh, but I can't stop everyone. <laughs> well, I don't think Amazon, they'll hate it. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Giant Spider is one of the first ones that I saw. Um, I think that's the one I bought a copy of, too, when, when we were at Alcon. So I think I think that's the one that I have. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like you mentioned before, it's, it's a good segue into it. It's funny. It's a little bit lighthearted. And I love the way the spider looks. <laughs> Sometimes a mix of a real spider and then sort of like a, 
the the puppet spider too looks yes, like really really face. good. I, I the love it though. Spider, puppet spider face. <laughs> it's awesome, and I think yeah, I think this one I definitely laughed a lot watching it and really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the cast too, just everyone that you picked to be in it and their and their like period costumes and and your cameo when you're in it. Right, and I put myself theater. somewhere and somewhere. In, well, yeah, I was the the drive-in owner. It seemed yeah. like the most appropriate role for me. I loved well, that when that came up. Is that, <laughs> I, the funny thing is that all my films uh, exist in a shared universe too, which I I, I should mention. Uh, so when you see one, you can see any one of them out of order, and you will not be lost. I purposely do that. But if you see them all, or you see multiple ones, you start noticing that there's overlap. Mm-hmm. You start seeing characters from one appearing in another or a location from one appearing in another uh, or details from something that like, for instance, my new film guns, of the apocalypse uh, there's uh, you know, it takes place in the future of the universe, obviously uh, because there's been a atomic war, but uh, there are very specific links to the past basically that were set up in films, you know, eight eight nine years ago so i mean there's like all these little things to to i guess get the the sort of hardcore hardcore fans you know keep them interested looking for the easter eggs like that but no one else will be lost you know because they're explained enough where they're small enough that it's almost not important to anyone who doesn't know but if you see them all uh you start to realize that there's a little bit of something deeper there but then there's also two ways to watch the films if you watch them all. You can watch them in the order I made them, uh, or you can watch them in the in-universe chronological order, uh, where you can actually see the progression of you know this one to this one. Because a movie like Where Skeeto actually takes place, it's the first one uh, in the chronology oh, okay. because of the the there's World War II stuff in it, mm-hmm. uh, and then it jumps into the Monster Farm Lake, and then you have Guns of the Apocalypse, which would be the last one because that's way off in the future. So. Yeah, it gets a little crazy, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, definitely. So in Where's Skeeto, that's the one that I saw most recently. I saw it uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, so I saw it yesterday, and, um, you know, it is really totally different. I remember you messaged me and said, let me know what you think after you see it. And I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was, like you mentioned earlier, it is a darker film. Um, and, and I like the fact that it's black and white. Is this a spoiler? I hope it's not too spoilery, but it's all black and white. And there's only one color that you see in the movie and that's red. And that's the blood. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's not a spoiler. That's, that's even in the trailer. That <laughs> okay, was, good, that good. was me. That was me just sort of experimenting and trying to do something a little fun, a little different. Uh, you know, I figure if that's the thing he sees that turns him into the Wereskito, I think we should see it too. Uh, yeah, totally. and you know, certainly not the first filmmaker to do that uh and playing around with stuff like that was was pretty common uh, especially in the 50s and 60s when it was still cheaper to do black and white but you could throw a little color in there i mentioned the movie the tingler the uh the william castle movie there's a whole section in there that it suddenly just goes into full color mm-hmm. you know uh, so that one i just i was like you know it'd be cool is just throw in a little bit of red just to to you know also, I think it helps you then you're like, okay, you you know, in black and white blood just kind of looks black. So it's not really that interesting. So turning it red was actually really fun of just adding that splash of color to add a little extra almost, quote unquote gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too gory, but <laughs> the yeah. least gory thing you can think of. But still, 
And cool, once again, <laughs> yeah. And once again, I think just because, you know, as people know from listening to some of my other episodes, I also cosplay and my husband cosplays as well, makes props. I'm always excited, like I mentioned about the spider in, in uh, the giant spider. I really like the, uh, the ma- like the mask for the wear Skeeto. I like the oh, aesthetics yeah. and the look of this one. I it, it looks perfect, like just, just like those older films. And I think, you know, that's... I don't know. That's probably the part where maybe you have like the most pressure, right? When you're designing what the wear skeeto is actually going to look like, and it's just it's really satisfying. I think in the movie when you when you get to see it, you're like, yes, that's exactly how I was hoping it would look. <laughs> well, and I think I, you know, with the the monsters in particular, um, uh, I met a guy many years ago at a convention actually, who uh, this guy named Mitch Gonzalez, who does all the masks and monsters for us now. Uh, and has for quite a long time. And he and I, you know, we're good friends and we have a really good process that we, we've worked out. Uh, when I start scripting a film, you know, I basically tell him, okay, these are the things I need. Uh, and then we go back and forth on what should it look like. He'll send me sketches and I might say, okay, well, too much this way or too much this way. He'll come back and we'll go back and forth. And and once we reach a point where we're both happy, then we go. I know with the Wersquito in particular, he was really struggling back and forth with, you know, what he wanted it to look like. He wanted it to look really sort of unique. And I think the point at which we figured out when it really clicked was when, he, you know, his first designs were way more, way more mosquito-y, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where it was just like a man's, literally a man-sized mosquito as opposed to a, you know, when you think of a werewolf, it's not a wolf per se, right? It's a it's yeah. a half man, half wolf. And so once we realized that that was what was missing was the the man part, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is we were trying to go just mosquito size of a guy as opposed to a half man, half mosquito. Mm-hmm. And once he, he hit that point of, okay, the halfway point between a man and a mosquito, that's when it clicked and he had it and he was like, that's it. And we knew, yes, that's it. Uh, and this is a guy, he knows a lot of, he's, he's kind of an encyclopedia, like he'd be a great guest on your show, I'll just say it. Uh, nice, he has yeah, an encyclopedia, encyclopedic knowledge of, of movies. And so, you know, he, he, he can pull this stuff out of thin air uh, of just facts and figures and, you know, he just knows all this stuff and he really understands those old movies and the old, the look of it. And, and he's good at what he does and he knows what he's doing. Uh, and so you end up with, you know, him coming up with some really, really cool stuff. And the Wersquito, I think, is one of the cooler monsters we've ever we've ever had. Yeah, and also, um, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention about the movie is that, you know, I've only, I think I've seen three or four of your films, and I noticed in this one in particular, and I don't know if this sort of happens again in some of your later work, but I felt like there was, a, you know, there's kind of a strong... Uh, almost like more modern message that you in, in, imbued in this one and almost like the focus of what I thought the movie was going to be about and kind of what it ends up being towards the end. Like it really shifted. Um, I don't, yes. Is that is that unique to this one or do you did you kind of like as you've been going along sort of like, you know, adding some like modern ideas and things like that into them? Honestly, I think what has happened is that when I made the first movie, uh, I was really, really trying to just make everything be like those old movies, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ends up being a little jokier, I think, as a result, just because I was trying so hard to, in essence, make a bad movie. I've noticed as time goes on that um, 
I'm getting a little farther away from just picking a trope and trying to make a, my own version of it to, in essence, making my own original films that happen to have a very specific coat of paint, for lack of a better term. Uh, and so you see there is a bit of, of a progression of going from really trying to imitate, I guess, and now trying to make original works uh, that just happen to be of a very specific style. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you see that a lot even in Guns of the Apocalypse. There's, you know, I, I decided to make this Western, but the thing is, is I, I, a lot of the Western tropes aren't there. Uh, there is no, there are no horses, for instance, and there's an explanation as to why. But there are no horses, there's no saloon, there's no, you know, this, that, the other thing. It's, it's, you know, there's a movie uh, that I think I just saw you mention called Wind River, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that I really, really liked. And the reason I liked it was because it was, in essence, a modern Western, is all it really is. Uh, and really what it is, is it's a modern film that takes on modern themes, but uses a lot of sort of the, you know, Western elements. Because you have Jeremy Renner's character is kind of like, you know, the the lone lone gunman, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And instead of being on a horse, he's on a snowmobile. And, you know, it's just the way they shot it, everything about it is like, this is basically just a Western, but everything about it is modern. And that was what, when I saw that, that's when I found, I realized that's what I want to do. Because I'd been talking about wanting to do sort of a Western style thing for a while. Uh, but the idea of doing a classic Western just didn't appeal to me. It's not really my thing. Uh, I like Westerns, uh, but they're not, I'm more of a sci-fi guy. I even put sci-fi elements into my Western. Uh, and as soon as I saw that, I realized, okay, you know what? This, a Western doesn't necessarily need to be a, a you know, guys on horses and trains and the, you know, this, that time period. You can make a Western style story and put it anytime. You mentioned uh, Hell or High Water. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. another great example of, of what I'm talking about, where it's like, it's in essence a Western. Yeah, uh, Tim Rooney pointed out it's the same same writer. <laughs> I was like, well, no yeah. wonder it seems so similar. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> that was what that really. As soon as I saw Wind River, and I realized, you know what, that's what I want to do. I'm going to make a basically a. Oh, that's a so random that I happen to be yeah, watching that. <laughs> it really is, uh, but it's like uh, I'm going to make a what what ended up being a post apocalyptic movie. But you got post apocalyptic. It's basically the Wild West, right? I mean, there's no mm -hmm. laws. You know, people just trying to survive in the, you know, in the, the frontier in essence uh and then suddenly it all fell into place and i was like there it is guns of the apocalypse well, and yeah. so so yeah so that's one of the things that i've been sort of moving toward as i you know i move i'm on movie 13 14 now uh because i'm working on another one too uh and so i i just i don't want to necessarily i'm at a point now where i really do want to do more original things more original works but still keep them within my wheelhouse of what I do. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you can probably see that where, I mean, the giant spider is, 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 a, is much more classic. It's a giant spider movie, right? There's a giant spider attacking people and they need to stop it. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. But when you get to wear Skeeto, there are, there are parts about it and the story that is, uh, it's my own sort of take on things because as I approached where Skeeto in particular, um, there, I felt two ways you could go with it, right? It could be completely campy and ridiculous. Uh, and you could just make the sort of 
you know, the Nazis as buffoons, sort of like an iron sky, like over the top villains. But I started thinking about it that I kind of wanted to do something different. And I wanted to treat it a little more like, um, really the story is about this guy dealing with, uh, PTSD to a certain extent, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, you know, it's a revenge story. He's trying to hunt down the people that did this and, you know, he's trying to kill his way through his PTSD. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> dark as hell, but that's basically what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and then I treated the, the sort of Nazi villains a little more seriously in that these are horrible people who did horrible things and they did all these medical experiments on this guy and violated him in the worst possible ways. So how does that play out? How do you, how do you show that? While someone, and I don't want to make you feel for these characters really. And there's there's actually a moment in the movie that I'm really proud of where the main bad guy, you have this moment where you almost feel sorry for him mm-hmm. uh, for about 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it just turns, and you're like, nope, he's terrible. My God. <laughs> uh, and that was that was the point. So I mean, I was kind of trying to do something a little heavier. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes shocks people because they're expecting, oh, where's Skeeter? It's just ridiculous on its face. And it is. But that doesn't necessarily, I, I, that doesn't necessarily mean I have to, you know, just throw something ridiculous at you. I could do that over and over again, but I would get very bored. Sure. And, I don't, yeah. And think about the fact that, you know, a lot of the most classic monster movies and monster stories I mean, at the heart of it, it, it is, uh, you know, exploring some darker human emotions or human traits like, you know, Frankenstein or Dracula. Right. So it, it really fits along into that vein. I think some people kind of forget that. So, yeah, to me, it made, it made perfect sense to, to include them. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, did you have any quick plugs like websites or anything else that you kind of wanted to remind our well, listeners I- of? You know, I think I think you hit on a lot of them. You know, check out my films. Either pick them up on uh, buy them at my website at sainteuphoria.com. You sell it all, spell it all out. Although I tell people if you can't remember how to spell Saint Euphoria or just even remember that, go to thegiantspider.com. It'll get you. <laughs> the, uh, that one's easy to remember. Just remember right. the uh, thegiantspider.com. Uh, you can buy my movies on Amazon or just watch them on Amazon Prime. Uh, uh, it, it's it's it may seem free to you. Uh, and it, it, in essence, is, even though you must pay for Amazon Prime, uh, uh, I do also still get a little money out of that, too. So uh, yeah. you're not, you know, sometimes I worry that people are like, oh, well, but I want to make sure you get paid if I'm going to watch your movies. And I'm like, well, if you watch them on Amazon Prime, I get a little money, too. So it's it's it all adds up. If you want to check out my stuff and it's, you know, minimum minimal commitment as far as money, uh, that's the way to do it. Uh, obviously, if you buy them, I'd love that. Um but it's okay. Just tell everybody you know if you like my movies and then come out to these events. Uh, if you go to sainteuphoria.com, I have a calendar on there of stuff that's going on. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, we just released the trailer for Guns of the Apocalypse literally an hour ago uh, from the recording of this. Uh, you can find <laughs> it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. Um, just you know, find me and tell everybody you know if you like it. Uh, and then come to these events and support Stop the Stigma. Great. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, you do have to come back, because I am going to get oh, you yeah. on here to do, like, a legit, like, we're going to talk about one of your favorite films. We've, I'm telling you, we've I, think, a lot I think of ideas them around. is probably going to be <laughs> them? I think them, okay. and then we got to do Beetlejuice. If you I was about to yet. say Beetlejuice. Nope, I'm saving save, that for you. We are save that doing for me. it. We're doing it. That's one of my favorite right. movies, so yeah. Perfect, perfect. Fantastic. 
All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> See ya. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope this mini episode ties you over until next week. We will have a full episode, but I just had to take some time out to interview Christopher R. Mim for this event coming up. Um, really excited. Hope to see some of you guys there. It'll kind of double as a meet and greet. So I'd really love to see you guys come out. Um, if you have feedback on this episode or any others, please reach out to me on Twitter under AYA Lisa Cosplay. I'm also on Instagram under AYA and as an Nancy, A-M-I, Lisa, and in our closed Facebook group, I Love That Movie. The group's closed, but just send a request and I'll add you. It's a safe space to t- for movie lovers to discuss films that they like, judgment-free. Uh, my only rule is keep it positive. Uh, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. Um, if you give us a positive review on iTunes, you're automatically entered to win a $20 gift card to a movie theater chain of your choice. Right now I'm at 20 reviews. Once I get to 30, I'm going to draw another name. So please leave one today if you feel like, uh, we earned it. Uh, thanks so much, guys. I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time.